0: Number 11 of Sleep for Performance Radio We've hit double digits Today I'm joined by Mr. Matt Pomeroy Okay, so the people have spoken. Many people have been asking for some real-life practical experience on the podcast, and today we bring you just that with Mr. Matt Pomery. Matt brings a great diverse background from military and mining. Uh, He's not a fatigue risk management person. He's not a sleep guy. He's somebody that's out there living and breathing every day. Uh, Matt draws on a number of his his military experiences that he has happened to him over his life, and in mining as well, talks about... Um, some of his own sleep issues and how he manages them and also uh, some of the endurance events that he's been involved in this is a really interesting podcast me and matt have been friends for a couple of years in a non-scientific way Uh, mainly as running buddies so yeah have a listen to this it's really interesting i'm sure you're going to enjoy it We are live from the hot box room Which is generally freezing in the morning But <laughs> now feels like an oven and That's because my little PhD office Which has 10 weeks left before I burn it to the ground Is freezing in the morning This is crazy because I come in here in the morning I have UGG boots on, that heater on, the hoodie mm. And in the afternoon I'm sitting here in my chair <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right, singlet Absolutely crazy mm. Matt Pomeroy, welcome to Sleep for Performance Radio Thank you, eh? it's good to be here. Welcome to my hot box. Yeah it's
1: nice and warm on my back I'll be
0: honest. <laughs> well, don't take off your shirt. <laughs> Matt, do you want to give us a, a little bit of a brief overview of your background and we'll, probably, we'll tee it up nicely to listeners while you're on the podcast today because you're like one of the ordinary fellows of the population that we have on today that has the practical experience. And the reason being, we have a lot of scientists on here and people who are like the pracademics or the academics, but you're a practitioner of some of (laughs) the stuff that people talk about, and that's why I wanted to have you on today. So do you want to give us a quick overview of your background? Sure.
1: Um, In the career that I've had, I've been in mining, uh, in the military. Um, And, yeah, sort of over the last 20-odd years, it's been a mix of of those, Um, day shift, night shift. Um, working FIFO, going overseas, Um, yeah, that sort of thing.
0: So quite quite varied. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, you've obviously done a few kind of endurance events as well.
1: As well, yeah. And yeah, also uh, the addition of having a child in the family and what that's brought, what that's meant for uh, sleep as well, so... I'm not making
0: any comment on kids would sleep. Every no. time I <laughs> talk about kids would sleep, I get into a fight. So I just tend to keep my mouth shut now. It's too emotive. Yeah. So Matt, when you kind of, before you kicked off in your military career and sort of around the end of the school year and sort of first jobs, did you have any experience before joining the military around shift work or irregular hours or any sort of stuff around this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, worked in a small mine
0: um,
1: country, Western Australia. Uh, I was doing, started off doing day shifts um, nine, ten-hour days, and then that progressed into uh, started working afternoon shifts and processing at the at the plant. Um, so that was like five until midnight, two in the morning yeah. kind of deal. So that's sort of um, getting home. Very early morning, sleeping through till mid morning and then getting back up sort of lunchtime. So perfect job for a teenager. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Single guy, yeah. There's no um, Yeah, you're kinda of set for it right. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and it was fine and yeah, i honestly adapted to that quite quickly, to be honest. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until sort of got a bit older that yeah, sort of started having issues with, with my sleep. But um
0: yeah. And do you doing a night shift in that small mine as well or just days and evenings? Yeah, mainly, mainly that sort of yeah, afternoon did. afternoon night, night shifts. Yeah. yeah, and that was here here in Western Australia. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. And so from then, Matt, you went on and joined the military. Um, and what, was your, what did you sign up to do? Because uh, you would have been like, given some pitch about being a helicopter pilot yeah. <laughs> and being, being some sort of like underwater operative. Because yeah. <laughs> we all got that. What did you actually go and do?
1: Uh, Which is quite different. So I actually signed up uh, as a geomatic engineer A geomatic engineer? Yeah, so that's... Explain that to me. uh, It's a um, geospatial, so if you think... um, Explain that again. (laughs) Uh, So, like mapping. Yeah. So, um, to boil it down, uh, so something like Google Maps. Like cartography. Like cartography. Yeah. Um, It's it's new age cartography. Mm. Mm. That's where surveying and and GPS comes into it as well. So it's called called geom... Geomatics. Geomatics. So it's kind of the the science of... um,
0: Who would have thought I would have got through the masters in engineering, not know like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. There, there so you go, there you go, people anybody can get an engineering degree these days, including me. Um, so you, you signed up to do that and yep. then you would have under did you go under, undergo a basic military training, like so, all kind of infantry grunts like like it, I did?
1: exactly. So basic um, basic training um, for six weeks and then that led into uh, I was in the Corps of Engineers. Yeah. So I did basic engineer training as well. And then I did trade-specific training, which was another another six months. After so that. six weeks basic, and then kind of another ten-week engineer basic. Yeah. So um, demolitions, um, chemical. Uh, What's it called? CBR. So. Oh, chemical biological. biological yeah. It yeah. Used yeah. to be called
0: M B C nuclear biological chemical warfare. Yeah. Now it's so called CBR, is it? Something. Yeah. yeah. Something. It's probably got another. No. no <laughs> it's probably no. gone no. no. again.
1: NBC. Um, and then uh, basic um, engineer skills. Um, Chainsaw and
0: yeah, that sort of stuff. as well I, I <laughs> got, got my boat ticket out of it as well. All right, I yeah. might we'll just pause this yeah. podcast because Matt's got to hang up something for me. <laughs> you got a boat ticket yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ah. It's, quite, it's you know, pretty intense. Of amphibious. Yeah. And so six weeks, if you joined the mm. infantry, how many weeks did you do basic I basically training? I think it's about the same, about 10 weeks for basic infantry training. Is it 10 yeah. 12. 12 yeah. We did 16. Yeah.
1: And then we did another. It's because you, you got
0: like drunk on weekends. And then we did another eight. Oh we finished every day at eleven yeah. in the morning. Yeah, we just did half days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very very we were, we we're very uh, workplace friendly army. No one shouted at us, so we didn't have to run or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what we tell people anyway. Hey. Um so yeah. Just our heads for a laugh. Um Okay, so then the engineering school. And where no. where about was, was this in Australia so, this is this a state secret? So uh mainly within New South Wales. New South Wales. <laughs> Definitely a state secret. And um and then from there you went into engineers yep. and yep. and then you just go into like normal everyday operations after it, that
1: effectively yeah. then you're assigned to a unit and then yeah off you go so we had our main so what was your unit our main unit was um first stop survey squadron based in mm. brisbane and you, you obviously have that tattooed on your arm yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like i have mine tattooed too. <laughs> uh
1: and then from there yeah i got i got assigned to various other units after that
0: all right. So before we get into that, let's let's wind it back because mm-hmm. basic training when you first join mm-hmm. can be quite <laughs> can be quite. I don't know what the word abrasive comes to mind, but it can be, can be quite you know crazy um, initially, mm. and it can be a shock to the system. You know, even if you're a fit young man, that initial entry into the military can be quite brutal. Yeah. And um, what was the first night like when you joined the army?
1: Yeah, uh, chaotic, <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> to, to, uh, to we we were the first. Within Australia, I don't know. It's like, you know, within Australia... I oh, we went home every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certain states um, commute to, to Sydney, like, together, and all arrive at Sydney Airport together. So so people will fly I, from
0: Parade, yeah, Malabar- I mean, to a yeah. central area to Tramp. Yeah. And then
1: then you get bused out. Um, so I think we arrived at, like, 10 o'clock at night, something like that. It's oh, all yeah. sort of disoriented, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. The yelling starts and all that sort yeah. of good stuff. Um, and then basic admin, you know, to do all your paperwork and this sort of thing and yeah, you yeah. all sit there and then, and then you get to bed, right, hurry up. But then the second, the <laughs> second busload <laughs> rocks up and it all of <laughs> it all then you, again. you hear them all doing the same thing,
0: right? Yeah. Like, what the, and, um, yeah. And what then, was the best phrase you heard in the very first night uh, from one of the NCOs? What was the best phrase that came across?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, You need, you need to move like startled gazelles or something, you know, like you need
0: to, like to get <laughs> some, oh, sort of, right, there's, there's heaps. Right? There's heaps. One, one of the ones that came to me in the very first day, we actually went in at a civilized hour in the day, was like, what are you looking at me for? I'm not, I'm not what? I'm not sir. I'm not sir. I'm an NCO. I work for a living. I'm not NCO. It's corporate. I'm not corporate. Why aren't you looking at me? I don't know. Do you think I'm ugly? And I just got myself caught in this loop. <laughs> which is followed by a lot of push-ups. So that was my very first, you know, okay. intro. So it's quite it's quite abrasive so there's a guy who rocked up with a set of golf
1: clubs and they, they were like what <laughs> the f- golf are you what are you <laughs> and yeah his career advisor told him that he could play on the weekend but
0: so you see yeah people get told these oh, crazy man. things to see what happens because the career advisor the recruitment advisor is not going to have any I don't know exactly I don't know. what's going on <laughs> so that was a good that was a perfect stitch right rocked up with golf clubs yeah yeah what are you going to do
1: with those oh that was oh, that was great awesome. but yeah that that first morning was yeah, at six and then yeah so the what, time you, what,
0: what time do you think you fell asleep at that first night
1: Oh, two, three, but the heat's up as well. I don't, I don't know if that's just a coincidence, <laughs> but the heat was up as well. Like, and then yeah,
0: you wake up with, you don't know where you are, right? That's a tactic to do like on selection course for special forces oh, yeah. to bring into a hot room and it gets you to write an essay. Yeah, and you're just falling asleep. You're so sleep deprived. Yeah. So it's all just uh, designed to play it's around with testing, your head. Right? Yeah. So how did you how did you sleep through basic
1: training? Uh, the first few weeks probably, because because you're sharing a room with you know like I Guys, as well, you know, the whole whole bunk
0: sort of scenario, um, spring beds, yeah, creaking all that, yeah, um, terrible, yeah, it is, it's absolutely people don't realize that in the military, like, yeah, you sleep in these, you know, crazy environments with four to 16, even up to 50 people in a big dorm room, people farting, burping, bouncing left to right, other stuff as well, you can imagine that goes on, (laughs) and you're just like, oh my god, you know, and it's a wonder you can even fall asleep, never mind, you know. Have a complete sleep duration, mm. so it can be quite um, can be quite weird, quite funny as well. Leads for a lot of good stories, but <laughs> you know the importance of sleep is not recognised in the military. I tell you that. So yeah, uh, so you went you went through the whole training. Mm. Your sort of your sleep was compromised. How did you operate during the day? What were some of the strategies you did? Um, we were kind of forced to drink a lot of water. Yeah, um, and
1: and I'm sure it would have been the same for you. But there's a lot of. Um, practical classes as well as the theory so sitting in class and that sort of stuff and a lot of um it was kind of like the first time that i was made aware of like being able to stand up and you go to the back that kind of things so you're starting to feel dozy yeah. like how to how to keep yourself awake awake, yeah. awake. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah not a lot of coffee drinking happening at the time but um yeah yeah that was kind of I think that was kind of you know basically just keep moving and keep that chat going as well you now that camaraderie that kind yeah, of kicks yeah. in yeah um
0: yeah. Comradery. Yeah. Comrade. Yeah. 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 I would call it comrade. Yeah. <laughs> more like taking the piss continually. But anyway. So Matt, then you went on you got assigned to your unit. What was the first few um did you get to live at home then when you joined? Did, or did you have to live in the barracks or how did that work? Oh, so for the rest of
1: the training training's all, all on barracks. Once once you got training, out of basic it then that sort of become a more normalized kind of a, a day and and um sleep arrangements and that sort of stuff. So, right? were you, like, so you got your own space and that sort of thing so you're kind of now going back into the barracks and yeah, it's a bit more relaxed than what it is at the basic train. so
0: you're like single man living in but your your yeah, room like your room now is is it your own room or are you still sharing yeah you might maybe may sharing but maybe sharing yeah. but it's not as crazy not because, as crazy yeah. as what it initially is yeah. yeah and then yeah once you're at the unit yeah you might as well be it's any other normal job really yeah. yeah but your train is normally during the day you do your job you do exercise the exactly. whole lot yeah it's fun so how long were you in the military before you got sent on your first sort of deployment? Um, pretty much straight away. Um, I got to... Where did you go? Or can you I got, tell us? got
1: to Brisbane. It was local. 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 Okay. So, um, so within, within town. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> crazy, wasn't, no crazy water. No, no, no. It wasn't straight out. Okay. But um, I, when, I, when I was in my... Um, so to give you a, a time a sort of reference, when I was doing my... Uh, basic engineer training was when 9 11 happened so from that a lot of things happened obviously everywhere mm-hmm. but um yeah units started to get formed and that's something sort of within within our army and a lot of um a lot of our initial um postings for our group were, were to these other kind of units to sort of start to man man these units up um yeah so kind of there yeah, the uh Focus kinda of changed quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah with that I mean. And so where was your
0: first overseas deployment? Um. Somewhere. 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 And what was that like? Um was it in Asia? Middle yeah, East? Yeah, yeah. Asia, Middle East, Asia. Asia. Okay, so it was in Asia. And what was that first deployment like when you got there?
1: Um probably what I expected, to be honest. Well, a lot of the training um you set up to live in, um, or even when you go and exercise you're kind of in similar situations right so the um <laughs> whether it's like you know camp stretches and that sort of thing or you got you know some sort of donga situation um but hours and that sort of thing yeah um it takes off. yeah, yeah it yeah. takes off and i think uh, a lot of a lot of the training that i had done prior to that it yeah, probably didn't really um uh,
0: Set you up, set me brand. up for yeah. it, yeah, yeah, because yeah. like it wasn't one, the same. One thing that comes to mind was like I remember mean, we were overseas. We used to like a six hours on, six hours off. Sometimes yeah. on course, yeah. was it similar? Was it four and four, six and six, it, or was it kind of initially it's kind of just everything, just go? And yeah, then, yeah, and then it kind of yes,
1: dust settles, right? Yeah, and then you kind of get into a routine. Um, a lot of what I was doing um, uh, is attached to, like the in- intelligence that sort of thing. So there's a lot of um, like initial. Work that needed to happen, kind of like to set it up and exactly get it going, and then it kind of yeah, it's, so it's
0: maintaining after. The, the stress of obviously being in that environment <laughs> and yeah. the un, kind of the lack of a pattern of a work there or a schedule in roster, and it's kind of like get the job done. Mm. You must be firing on a bit of adrenaline, you know, getting it's quite excitable, like in those situations, mm. and you're firing on adrenaline. And how did you manage then to sort of? turn off or how did you manage to turn off because this is one thing that a lot of people find it difficult um, to do is to turn off whether it be in any shift work environment or normal day-to-day but in an extreme environment like military where the threat could be like you know someone shooting at you or mm. you know lack of sleep and all these things like how did you manage to switch off
1: those those down you kind of you become aware of like like traveling like any kind of traveling or yep. commute you'd switch off pretty quick right like you kind of Try and steal those hours, all that time, whenever you can. So naps, there, yeah, those yeah. power naps, yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's kind of just get it when you can. Just get when you can. Um, yeah. I'm. I've found now, um, like how sensitive I am to light when I'm trying to sleep. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I um. As in natural light. Yeah. As in, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or even artificial. Yeah. Um, but like yeah if there's the slightest thing that'll really like that'll trigger me right like i'm not that and then i'm i'm constantly aware of it and trying to fight it whereas like now if i kind of just can black out my eyes with a mask or like just pulling um you know one of our buffs or something across it my eyes man i can you're gone straight out yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i I was never great at doing that you know i i just yeah never was great but I, i saw guys in the back of trucks just lying on top on. of like tents and ammunition their backs like an S-hook on top, so, on top of like not you know those old wooden boxes yeah, down, or and bouncing down the road yeah. and like you couldn't even sit upright you are bouncing around these guys just out cold snoring I'm like how in the name <laughs> of god are they doing this but yeah some guys can just can just yeah, do I think,
1: it I think I used to be good at it. I used to be able to just do it do it yeah, yeah. crazy
0: so you went through that sort um, of first deployment overseas you, you know you got into a was there some sense of normality after that first initial you know phase um, or did you have to keep re-establishing that whole thing no, I think you kind of
1: you kind of you start to get into it right Started it's see again there's like a single guy you kind of I, I don't know more adaptive to a certain yeah, extent yeah. As soon as once you've had that routine with a partner and all that sort yeah, of stuff one yeah. well, that for now I mean now yeah. Um, yeah I think that kind of any disruption to that on notice and yeah. I kind of have to really work
0: to And you're like double the edge you now harder as well. Yeah, yeah. And you just couldn't be bothered know. <laughs> you know, you're just not you're just not in the mood to put up with that no, kind of crap no, anymore, really, no, you know, sure. of disruptive sleeping environment and so yeah. on. Yeah. You know, I would join the military if I could do nine to five every day yeah, and I'd never yeah. go away. I like all the physicality, the weapons, the I even like the structure and the system but that kind of like sleeping, lying in the wet and all that I just couldn't take that anymore you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm just like you know what, I I hurry up on. and wait yeah hurry up and wait yeah. as well so for anybody who's never been in the military there's a great saying called hurry up and wait and I think every person in the military regardless of the country um, laughs at this saying and as an example you would be told like being here tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock we're going to the range to fire weapons if you're not here at 6 the trucks leave without you and if you're not here you're going to be charged and then beyond be on the gate you get in at 5 to 6, you're there. You're even a half-five some days, you're there. You go down, you draw weapons. The weapons store is locked. Yeah. No one's there. So you wait until 7 o'clock. You get your weapons. Then someone has to go and get the ammunition. Now it's 8 o'clock. you got to get a radio. Now it's 9 o'clock. And then it's about 20 to 10, and you're pulling out the gate. And then they start screaming at you when you get to the range to hurry up. Because we've wasted yeah, their time. Because the, NCO, because the NCOs haven't organized the whole thing. And you're like, oh, my God. So, I think that was a good foundation for me listening to crap when I joined mining. I was like, well, I ain't bad as this, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> It's not too bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. If a mine plan is delayed by an hour, we can listen to that. We'll be all right, listen to So, Matt, then, how long then in total did you spend in the military? Six years. Six years. And um, obviously, you had a different number of different deployments. Mm-hmm. You know, sleep was kind of fragmented over those times and you dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to, to move on to a new challenge. Yep. What was the next challenge then? Yeah? I so moved into, back into mining. Back
1: into mining. Yep. Um, had an opportunity to um, get a cadetship. So that's um, the company will pay for my education. Um, so do that part time and, and work full time at the mine. So we moved to um, country Queensland into coal mining there. And um, that, that getting into sort of 10, 10, 12 hour days, again yeah um, but no one
0: screaming at you or shooting at you no, no <laughs> yeah, much better
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, obviously yeah uh, during my last couple of years in the army got the partner and that sort of thing and yeah that's kind of one of the reasons to get out of the yeah, army yeah, as well yeah. Um, so yeah living, living with my partner um, mining and then it's been predominantly day shift since
0: Dishes, yeah. Things, yeah. I think I don't know about for you, but I know for me, like doing five years, it was kinda of like, do I stay, do I go? It's kinda of like <laughs> it's like a pivot point for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, look, I, I just gotta go and um go on and do new things. Yeah. And um and I think that's it. A lot of people kinda of do it around a time yeah. Yeah, and then move on.
1: It was good. I went to a conference a couple of years ago in Melbourne and, and, and caught up with a lot of guys that are still in the army and they're all warrant officers and, you know, all or yeah, yeah. gone up further and I think um yeah that and that's kind of you, you get it's not so much in uh, like private enterprise, but definitely within government or, or, or military. Right? They, they want to keep you going through your personal development, right? Yeah. So, kind of, so you'd end up, you know, progressing through the ranks. Okay? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I think that was just too excitable. <laughs> Take the piss too much, laugh too much. we we'll kind of laugh at some of the silly things. Yeah. I, get fr- I get frustrated by... Uh, even though the systems in military are good, I get frustrated by the lack of improvement. Yeah. And you know, we you know, when you're filling in forms three times and, you know, you're working on circles and you're wasting half your day yeah. that sort of stuff really drives me mad. And that's kinda of one of the reasons I think why I went into a lot of improvement type roles in mining because I do want to try to take the dead wood out of systems. Yeah. And that's why a lot of research we do with, with sports teams is about optimizing or when I work with companies, is about optimising that time. Mm. This is one of the challenges, you know, just as a side note, is like people think that hours at work equals productivity. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. as well. And it drives me absolutely insane, Yeah, you know. And the analogy is sports teams don't train five days a week, eight hours a day yep. to play a game on a Saturday. Yep. They strategically use right. different types <laughs> of training, and, you know? and I've
1: been pushing the, uh, it, a lot of companies are promoting flexible work and yet kind of yeah. balk at you taking that on, right? And I, I've been pushing that a lot in the last, last sort of three years. Um, and yeah, been quite easily, I'd set myself up at home like my work environment up at home, so I can like achieve Mm -hmm. the same amount of work. But yeah, honestly, four hours at home equates to, yeah, nine hours in the office, no problem. (laughs) Like I can just get it done, you know.
0: And you know, as a side note as well, and I don't know, I'd be interested to hear anybody's got any different thoughts on it, but I think that the open plan kind of scenario that's going on in offices today, in my view, are just a waste of time. They say it promotes like interaction and it promotes teamwork all I think it is is a time waster because those who are trying to do work constantly get interrupted. There's constantly background noise. And so if you're in a specialized area, like you were on that kind of surveying yeah, area, yeah. can be specialized, you need time to concentrate, or for me as a kind of doing data as a scientist, or when I go into companies, I don't want to be an open plan. So I want to go and meet people in a, shared, or, in a shared space, yeah. that's fine, but then I want to retreat back and have some a quiet environment to get yeah, some
1: work Get done. it done. Yeah. Get it done.
0: And I don't know how many people I've spoken to recently Particularly those who are more established in their careers, probably greater, older than thirty five, who are very technical, they're wearing noise cancelling headphones at their desk. Yeah. Because they're sick of being interrupted. Yeah. You know? of, yeah. And you know and know, I've seen this as well, where people are getting constantly disrupted and then they've got to come home in the evening and do that Still work to catch up. Yeah, that's right You know? Yeah. Which then is eaten into the evening, which then eats into the sleep, sleep time. And, and is, it's yeah. it's this kind of circle where yeah. like, oh, I can't get anything done at work. Because, you know, Kelly and Joe are constantly coming to me, telling me about their dog and their four kids and their cat and their stepmother. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, I yeah. can't listen to this.
1: And then you feel like you're only at work as well,
0: though, right? Yeah. So you just, it just absolutely drives you yeah. mad. Anyway, what were we talking about? We got sidetracked there again. <laughs> so you left the military. You went into mining. Yep. You were doing this kind of day shift. Yep. And, and not very much so, night, night shift. But long days, though. 12-hour so, days.
1: And, but that was residential as well. So, yeah. Um
0: What's, what do you mean by residential?
1: So residential living in, in a, uh, a town that's close to the mine site and then just commuting out, out to the mine, so. As opposed to flying and uh, As, yeah. as yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is what I was going to lead into. So um, yeah, left left coal mining after four years and then come across to iron ore back in, in WA and then started FIFO. Um, so that's, yeah. Um, generally that was on the eight and six roster so eight days on six days off all day shift as well and then all day shift yeah same thing um so different bed uh if you go uh early on i was traveling a lot between other sites as well or um to exploration sites so a lot of different camps and different beds and that sort of thing as well so um yeah that and and that was kind of it, it sort of harked back to the the army Kind of scenarios there because a very very similar sort of setups with the mess and all that sort of stuff, but um,
0: but a lot different because I I'm yeah like, yeah yeah I remember the yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. first time to buy and pick me yeah. five up, people be like you know bitching and moaning about the setup, and I'd be like laughing going, "You gonna be kidding. This yeah. is awesome. I got like a TV <laughs> in my room with like you know Foxtel and yeah. Sky Sports whatever it might be. Yeah, there's plenty of food when you go to the mess. There's no fat cook telling you what do you want sausage. Yeah, you exactly. can eat as much as you like. Yeah and no one's screaming at yeah. you, you know? And it's actually, compared to military, oh, it's no. similar, but it's a lot better. Oh, and man. the money's a lot better, too. Yeah, 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 yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money's quite good. It's, yeah. yeah, that's another thing that draws people out of, out of military, I think, as well. <laughs> and so how did you cope with the FIFO? Because um, for people who don't know, it generally starts so off where you fly pretty early on the first day, you get in, You work a 12-hour shift you could be awake for 17 18 hours and then you have this 12 and a half hour kind of shift happening every day for eight days yeah then you go home You have six days off so your sleep is generally compromised when you're away yeah
1: that that first night and maybe the second night always even now if i fly up there um i like i like if i can to do two nights just just because that first night i can pretty much write off that I'm, i'm just restless yeah i just Different noises, different environment and everything else. Um, yeah, I don't if I shared that I used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid. Did and you? And then even as a young adult, I used to yeah. Used did, to, did you, do, you do it now? Uh, no. No. And I I think it's got I think I've I think I've become aware of anxiety as I was going to sleep. So yeah. worried about X, whatever it was. Yeah. Um and to now either not give it shit about whatever it is or alright let me write it down or let me let me do something so I can address it the next day or get it done just so it's off my mind
0: so you, do you do that before you go to sleep Did yeah, you like I yeah, yeah, yeah. if I feel that as opposed to going go to bed with a notebook
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Okay. whatever it is right and then just okay so then I'm at ease that either I'm going to do something better or I've set something off that is going to get fixed whether it's at work or yeah the, Running with a mate or something. Like yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just to get up. Yeah. So I had a um, when I was when I was twenty one, working at um, the little mine in um, back of Mount Barker there. Um, Mount Barker with chicken. Mount Barker, Barker. Yeah, 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 Mount Barker,
0: I chicken, Mount Barker chicken. i got oh, some Mount Barker
1: chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <for the> <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> um, ah. yeah, I I I was because I was running. I was like um, running the day shift at this point. And that was like, that was a huge sort of weight on me in, in terms of like just worrying about all of it, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I had a good one. Uh, I, I jumped up on the bed and I thought I was like trapped like in this certain portion of the the mine plant. And I was actually standing on top of my bed, like <laughs> wedged myself into the corner. And I managed to punch my way out of the um, fly screen window and then wake up yeah, outside covered in <laughs> cuts and yeah old girl comes out like yeah what are you what are you doing mate so mm-hmm. but I think I put it down to the, that yeah the, distress like, just that yeah. yeah like and it's, it's kind of self-imposed like the older that I've got I've realised that you know it's
0: it's not all that bad. Right? I think a lot of people would say the very same thing about you know going to bed stressed leading to disturbances talking in their sleep mm-hmm. so on a number of, a number of people complain about doing this and I think your strategy around sort of getting off your mind yeah. before you go to bed is, is an excellent strategy. But that's
1: that's only because yeah it's become a little bit more self aware The order that I get. Right? Yeah. yeah
0: it's pretty it's yeah it's pretty crazy Um, and so in in the last few years, you've developed um, probably some sleep problems. Yep. Do you want to kind of give us a bit of an overview of why you've kind of, as you've gotten older in the last few years?
1: Again, kind of become aware of, yeah, why? Um, I think, and that's kind of what I put in my comments to you before, was that um, I loved playing basketball as a as a young fella and and <laughs> didn't enjoy the injuries that come with playing basketball, a, yeah. like, like 20 kilos lighter than mm. what I am now. Yeah um what were you 20 kilos lighter lighter so it's like you're skidding 60, now. Yes, yes, I was <laughs> like a, a bit, bean <laughs> about 65 and then um just played on my knee and um so that obviously affected where you can lay in this if you know like saying for the rib or something like that it kind of how that affects your sleep but then my shoulder um again just through like the, the structural integrity of the shoulder itself of continually dislocating it um, to the point that it dislocating my sleep if I, if I laid funny, which would wake me up. So then, dislocating your sleep, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I'd got into the arm and then started doing you know a hell of a lot more push ups and that sort of thing that kind of got a lot stronger. Like, i only put 20 kilos on like in that first kind of six months, sort of thing. You put
0: like, weight on it, yeah, yeah on. like heaps, really, yeah, 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 yeah. like. Yeah, almost instantly. That's the opposite because most people lose weight. Yeah, no, nah. like I lost about twelve kilos. I was probably like
1: <laughs> just eating constantly, and like obviously I'm working out. You know, like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just physically doing something every day. So yeah, and that, so and then that kind of stopped, right? But then that effect that stopped me sleeping in a certain pattern, and obviously it stopped.
0: Um, for out as much yeah, to yeah. be honest yeah. sleeping my injuries can be oh, horrendous man. it can be so bad I've, not, I've, I've torn my rib i torn my intercostals and muscle between my ribs a number of times and broken ribs and my god trying to sleep yeah. uh, with those injuries is unbelievable yeah. or just even like you know like going these big long runs yeah. which we've done many and you know you get to bed at night and you're just waking up <laughs> with your legs aching or your hip is sore yeah.
2: and you're just like well, oh well my god blood.
0: oh yeah just yeah. Make, make a list of all the things that
1: so I think, have happened So with that, um, it wasn't until, so obviously, the time that we've known each other, we've been um, renovating a house or building, building a new house, and then that's kind of.
0: Are you in a position to talk about that now? (laughs) You're over now. Everything's everything's fine at home. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> at one stage Matt was like and I know, was homeless everything we were take, taking the piss out of him and he was like living with family and I don't know how he did it I, I couldn't do it, <laughs> it could be quite frustrated so you were, all home, you were homeless there for how long uh, two, years, two, years. two years oh my god yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a kitchen runner it it took like two weeks and it drove me crazy
1: <laughs> so we, what came with that was we're we're in um, the same bed that we've had for nearly nearly a decade right mm-hmm. So cash is mm-hmm. going to put aside that once we get into the house, you know, yeah, th- that's kind of the reward is to go and get this new bed. And, um, we, um, partners on obviously with the, with the, uh, bub coming into the family, um, we've changed our, uh, diets and a lot of, a lot of what we're doing, uh, at home. And, and it's to the point that, um, she was looking at, um, getting rid of all the toxics. Like any any sort of cleaning chemicals and this sort of thing, and one of her big ones with um, beds was like the glues and stuff that they use in foam mattresses and something. Sort of so she kind of went down a path of right, what's what's out there, what what is actually available, and um, we found this um, found this place in in Claremont um, and went and tried on you know some of his beds. He doesn't use yeah, yeah. any of the nasty glues, basically yeah. um, non toxic glues and. Um, had the organic cotton round and all that sort of stuff so we went, went and tried beds on for probably about two and a half hours and like actually gave it some effort and um just with the foam and everything else and then and while we were there he um he suggested that I try and lay my scapula on my um on my shoulder blade itself kind of like to get my body around and put my weight onto that and and just with that but information when I with this shoulder, like now I predominantly sleep on my shoulder, That, that's the bastard one, yeah. And um, yeah, that kind of locks me in the spot. I we've spoken about it before. You like to use like that pillow to lock yourself in. That I get the same, I get a similar thing from doing that, yeah. and that's that's changed
0: my sleep just doing that. That's interesting, yeah. Because like it's it, when, you, when you talk about mattresses and, and sleeping positions, I, I don't know any published research out there from a scientific perspective on what's a good mattress, well, the, and it was one, right. the, it's a question I get asked the most, you know. Yeah i just said to people find something that's comfortable for you. yeah yeah you know if it's lying on the floor <laughs> do that yeah make yourself yeah yeah go for
1: it because um well for a while i tried um tim ferris had put one in the four hour body to kind of you know it's like, like a, like a rock climber kind yeah. of thing and i was still doing that for a while and but i found with my hips and particularly with the running it was kind of like an exaggerated pose for that yeah um but yeah,
0: yeah. I, look. There's a lot of stuff out there, and it's something that has been researched a lot in terms of positions. Um, and then if you dig into the research, it can be quite variable where mm. about positions. Um I my 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 kind of thing to people be do something that's comfortable. Don't start doing something that's going to make you wake up. Yeah. Because if you're waking up like your your situation there, yeah. if you're like lying in that commando position face down and you keep waking up, well, what's the point of doing yeah. that? Yeah. You know? Where you go? And then for other people have to lie on their back, you want maybe have some positional um, sleep apnea where they're waking up snoring mm. or more mm. more or worse than they're waking up to a partner. Mm. You because know, I don't like on my back and I'm not even that heavy, I start snoring. So that's why I like to lie on the side and lock myself into that position. So so definitely um, definitely an issue so Matt, what kind of um what are do you use any supplements to promote sleep that you find as you're kind of getting older and you know you got the you got a kid you got a professional job mm-hmm. in the city and you're trying to exercise and we had this conversation before the podcast about mobility and movement and yep. sort of like keeping yourself flexible what supplements yep. do you use around that so magnesium has been
1: um one that i've gone to i was i was doing I mean, it was two hundred milligrams. So I had, I can back it off. You know, I was I was getting some trippy dreams from from that, and um, but also the time that I was taking as well. I was probably sort of taking it just before I went to bed. Well, I sort of found if I take it sort of an hour hour prior, it seems to work. I think it was probably two hundred milligrams. because Generally,
0: milligrams, between yeah. three and five milligrams is is recommended on those for like that ultra muscle dosage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The whatever the, yeah. the recommendations yeah. On it Yeah, um, but generally, I. I don't drink coffee like after lunch, yeah. um, just to back that off and try and keep my water intake up um, throughout the rest of the day, and then um, yeah, like a just some basic mobility stretches before bed, five five ten minutes yeah. just to kind of get myself loose and um, yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, in, in terms of supplements, probably
0: yeah, not much else that I actually take. Yeah, I think that's a good one though. Like magnesium, I've recommended magnesium to a couple of guys who do fly and fly out, eight and six. And they also train jiu jitsu and lift weights and they're like, man, like the improvement in in, in my sleep it's, it's just instant. been unbelievable. Yeah. And so they're they're really they're rate as well. Yeah. And I know for a lot of people who do endurance sports, long distance running and so on, having magnesium it's for their recovery yeah. it's yeah. good anyway. <laughs> And so um, some of the studies out there as well show that magnesium increases uh, deep sleep or stage 3 sleep, yeah, okay. which is when um, you know, growth hormone is released into the mm-hmm. body. And particularly to get older, we testosterone dwindles out, mm-hmm. and, you know, okay. so we want to increase that. And so this is, this is one of the good ways Quite of doing, it, doing that as well, legally as well, so, <laughs> instead of getting some needle in your backside of testosterone there. <laughs> you know, so it, it can help all those things as well. And I think there are things you talk about, mobility is, um, is good and having that stretch before bed. Like last night, I went and trained with some guys and I didn't go home till 10 o'clock and it's quite late for me. But when I go home, had some deep you know, I just did a bit of light like, stretching mm. before I went to bed, you mm. know, three to five minutes, just general mobility mm. to just get myself loose. Because sometimes if you come home and you have dinner and you sit on the couch and you've trained, you go, know, it's stiff, you know? And I know we all need some downtime, but just before you go to bed, three to five minutes, some just like arm circles, yeah. you know, anything at all, just hip movements, general mobility just loosen up and and the same if you're thing, watching you know, TV the morning, or something anyway like yeah. man just like, it, yeah. well I, I read this uh, there's this guy called Dan John he's got these um, books he um, gets them on Kindle for like $10 and he's got some great books and it's not that he'll give you this, he'll give you some examples of workouts in there he's talk about kettlebells and you know all these different things but I like it it's more like a philosophy around Trent and I find read his books and they're really good and one of the things he says he says uh, you can do you can watch as much TV as you want mm-hmm. he says I don't care about watching TV. You can watch TV 10 hours a day, but the only rule is you can't sit on the chair. <laughs> you have to get on the ground. Okay. And he makes this kind of case around when we're kids and we're rolling around and moving around and playing where he doing moving all these weird angles and we never have injuries or, well generally don't or you know, we're quite mobile. Yeah. We get stiff and sort of locked into these positions as older adults and so, by just lying on the floor watching the show yeah you know to start moving around rolling around and stretching you're just gonna lie to yeah it, you know and if you do you probably fall asleep you know if you lie still
1: we haven't we haven't bought a couch yet we haven't found something for our space so we've got this i call it the great hall because it's just there's nothing in it yeah, right? yeah. but so i we went got cushions right yeah yeah so when people come around you kind of like have this indoor picnic or even when we're outside we haven't got the you know big tables and all that yeah, stuff yeah. like let's just go and sit on the grass and it's funny watching people who don't do that regularly like just how awkward it feels for (laughs) them to be yeah 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 and and
0: how how they
1: literally just can't sit there you know um yeah no yeah i'm down for that
0: there was a lady on joe rogan a few years ago um Mm. speaking about this and Mm. i i can't remember her name uh katie something katie Bowman. is it yeah it is katie Bowman. yeah katie Bowman. okay Yeah. yeah um that's, just in all that movement. Yeah, that movement. And she, she was speaking about bed, not having, like, um, you know. Uh, she Yeah, that was a big stream for me. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't I, I'm going like, to have a bed anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she was speaking about the same thing as well, just having cushions. And, yeah. you know, we toyed with that idea here as well. Um, but then I thought my dad came over to visit, you know. <laughs> he'd sit down and get back up. <laughs> <on>, yeah, <you know? laughs> <laughs> Like, I was getting a, get a crayon to get him out here. I'd say the same. But it's, it's kind of funny that, yeah.
1: But they notice it too. They'll kind of get up and be like, but "Yeah, they feel like they have been doing something." You
0: know, it's we kind of- we watched a great documentary recently. Um, there's these been documentaries going on on Channel Four in the UK around like the Secret Life of Four Year Olds, where they mm. have these four year olds playing and they have a camera on them and they sort of observe how the kids interact and mm. records and they have these scientists, you know, doing all these studies on mm. it. It's a, it's a TV shot and they have like four year olds, five year olds, six year olds, whatever it is. But in this latest one, they actually got a group of kids to go and um, visit an old folks home or a retirement home every day mm. and so the ages were like between sort of maybe 75 to 90 of these people and there was a guy there that had like a, a leg like a, a fake leg or a false leg whatever you want to call it um, from the knee down because he was an accident when he was a kid mm. so he was always like you know oh I need my walking stick mm. and I can't walk after about two weeks playing with the, kid, the kids coming in and talking to him he was up and down on the ground nice, rolling around yeah. you know and they had these tests before and afterwards where they had them sitting up and down out of a chair mm. and, you know, maybe they sat up and you know, sat down, and stood up, sat down, and stood up mm. and did it maybe twenty times. And afterwards like they had did it like fifty times. So these like significant differences oh, in, in sort of mobility. Yeah. And has being surrounded with kids, you know, as well was part of it. But it what it highlighted to me was as we get older to have that mobility and it would be really interesting to see with the data they have if the sleep improved as well. Yeah, what went with it. Because kids go out, right? Oh, they, they, they go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like twelve hours. Like yeah, I said to my wife, "Remember when you were a kid? It's like you just had anaesthetic. Yeah. Like boom. It's like yeah. just someone boom just yeah. nailed you with some yeah. like some sleep. Tube I'm sure, picture. so I said
1: something different. that Marley keeps getting out, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but oh. on that, but it's a similar thing, you know. Like why don't why don't adults go on the playgrounds and that's sort of thing? Like and play around. Like, like yeah. Try and do a length of monkey bars, you know. Like, we're just busting. Oh, some it's so
0: hard. Rungs. Like, three rungs,
1: I'm looking at like, <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what is this thing? Yeah. yeah. You're right, yeah. Because oh,
0: there's monkey bars up here in Kings Park, down this, um, uh, down the back there of uh, what's it called Synergy Park. There's oh, like yeah. small monkey bars down there, like 10 rungs or something. I got the four and fell off.
2: I yeah. was like, this is the And then this you're crazy. looking around to see who's what. Yeah, you're looking around. It's like, ran off, you know. <laughs> yeah, so if
0: we'll go I'm going around tomorrow morning at half five, are going around. But um, before the podcast started I I was just telling Matt I was showing Matt my setup on my I live in an apartment and mm. on the balcony I just put up a pull up bar and put some rings on it. And it's awesome, it's yeah. so good. Just to start doing more of that kind of that movement, I'm doing lots of bodyweight training, like kettlebells, you know, um, and obviously I'm with jujitsu, you know, just lots of good movement as you get yeah. older, you know. Yeah. And it's um I got a, I got a really good compliment last night at Jiu Jitsu, one of the guys like <laughs> a bigger guy I was rolling with. Uh, he's probably about maybe seven inches taller than me and a good twenty kilos heavier than me. And as we rolled over, he was like, "Man, I don't know how you can of followed me over and kept like recovered your guard." I was like, "That was that's better than submitting anybody." Like cause you're just like you're under so much pressure, but your ability to move like upside down in that position and, and get back around is, is is such good, you know, it's such a good movement pattern, and that's that's what I really like about it. So now I'm getting really focused on that movement and freeing up my body, you know, yep. particularly from sitting down so long during the day. Yeah. And I find the more I do that, the, the, the more I do of that, the, the better it is for my sleep. So, Matt, one of the last things I want to talk to you about is having a young kid. How mm. do you sleep with a young kid? Mm. What's the do's? What's the don'ts? What do you wish you could do? What does your I, wife wish I, you would do? I, I, <laughs> wish I, I,
1: <laughs> I wish I could breastfeed and kind of get that that bond that um, my daughter has with, with my partner to free my partner up for more sleep
0: normally I would think I'd say try it but don't try
1: yeah yeah. and and kind of watching watching uh, her uh, sleep deprivation through particularly through the early early couple of years is kind of yeah hard to watch and you literally you literally can't do anything right Um, but we sort of got to a point and same as everything the more that you read the kind of co-sleeping and everything else like don't do it um, but there's kind of a certain point where you're like just hop in bed unless let's all you know like like if there's like a net game, then it's okay <laughs> yeah, you know, right. if dad's just getting night, then yeah that's yeah yeah,
0: that's not, not as good but look there's all that research but I, I don't get into paediatric sleep but like one of the things I do talk about is, <laughs> is, is about the co-sleeping and you know I I would understand that people be just at the end of their rope are like yeah just get into bed just Like sleep bed. right just like yeah shut up get in <laughs> But what I don't understand, this is why I do not understand. A woman had an argument with me about co-sleeping about two years ago. And I said to her, Well, how did that work out with you with your kids sleeping with you? Fine. I said, When did she stop sleeping with you? When she was eighteen. And on my eyes went like footballs in my head. It's like what did your what's what your partner think about that? Like that got that there's a point where it gets a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. from the ages of vitamin know whatever months through to like, like six years old yeah. even up to 10 <laughs> even like maybe 12 or 18 years of age with your daughter sleeping in the bed with you and your husband that starts to get a bit freaky <laughs> so if you are going to try co-sleeping maybe set a rule or maybe after 12 because that, I couldn't believe that I was like and maybe that's prevalent in certain cultures but I don't know for me personally I was like regardless of culture things I'm like, like how do you have a sex life? Yeah how's you know, just- it not weird like it's just
1: yeah, man. And these yeah, these tiny little humans can take up you know eighty percent of your bed as well. or
0: Something just <laughs> <Like laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what's some of the things Maggie would do around trying to you know get your own daughter to, to have a routine in her sleep? Uh, do you find that's difficult, or do you try to rebel against it, or how does that work? I I think
1: last year when she was like sort of ish, it was a lot easier to get her to you know get that like shower, bed, book, and then. Then she's out, you know, and now she's a bit older and she's she wants to start up a bit later and do a few more things. It's a lot harder to get her into bed, yeah. but again, it's just, just to maintain, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just trying to maintain that routine and and wear out during the day, you know. Like just get her, like just get, <laughs> get her going. Around. Yeah, yeah, around. yeah. That's good for us. I mean, we. Yeah, yeah, it means we got to be active as well. Yeah, yeah, because you guys are quite active overall anyway, so it's good just we'll, to get on over on. Yeah, yeah. I like to. Yeah, but I think, but on there, you know, like cause it's, it's more about being a role model, right? You can't yeah, just yeah. tell her go and do sport and then you are going to sit on the couch like, or or floor, and Sit
0: sitting the cou- I mean, floor.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, we're well, you're at forty, but I'm, I'm on the verge of forty, and I kind of want to maintain,
0: if if not, get better of where I am. What are you forty? Right? Next year, so why not? We can have a joint birthday party (laughs) on the floor (laughs) and do the monkey (laughs) party.
1: But I think, but but on that as well, you know, like it's all good telling her
0: to go to bed. But hey, hey, you go to bed as well. Yeah, yeah. Watching Netflix before the morning, yeah. Watching El Chapo, yeah. Such a good show that. uh, As you, as you. (laughs) Finish. It's funny you say that because that's what my parents did. Oh, oh, oh! While they're sat on the couch drinking tea, yeah. You know, watching TV. and you're like get out and play what's wrong with you you can't be inside of day. I was like whoa, whoa, are you okay going <laughs> you know <laughs> but we were crazy we, we had a great time growing up like that you know that was that, was, that was awesome it was just like hordes of kids running around you know I don't think that exists really anymore or maybe I don't know but we were just lunatics so it was great um, And <laughs> so um, so as she pushes these boundaries, you know, around the sleep, it's mm. interesting you speak about that because yesterday I did a, a talk at the Rotary Club. Yes, the Rotary mm-hmm. Club, mm-hmm. and I just take up the letter that the made <laughs> then. the Rotary Club of Cambridge. Um, these people were far more well behaved than I was, um, and so I spoke down there with those guys yesterday in Florida. And what was interesting was like I don't know maybe the average age there uh, was probably most people were probably in their seventies very engaged in the talk by the way. I thought it was great. It was like such a great audience and it just goes to show you that sleep is this ubiquitous thing that applies to everybody you know. But one of the interesting things was when you speak to them and you tell them they ask you well what can I do to improve my sleep? And I said to them how many of you got grandkids or kids Mm. you know. How old's your kid? 50? I'm like your kids older than me. You got grandkids? Yeah. I think maybe some of you have great grandkids there. What do you do with your kids before they go to bed? Well we make them have a bath, make them have a shower, read them a story, and then they get to bed. And so what do you do when you have trouble sleeping? Have a brandy, <laughs> yeah,
1: Whereas, well, like, yeah, that's yeah, completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: you got to follow the same principles we do with kids. Yeah. About we got so much routine about kids. And I've said this before. So much routine about kids. But when it comes to our own lives, it's like out the window. Yeah. We'll say having a brandy or a beer or whatever it is, watching Netflix, hop into bed, or, and yeah. expect to just turn it off straight yeah. away, or reading. That's another thing I spoke yeah, about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because older people tend to read off an iPad because they can zoom in, yeah. and that background light then is stimulating them. Yeah, you know, and is you know inhibiting their the onset of melatonin. Yeah it's so all is everything. that's a right? real yeah I,
1: it wasn't until um we're doing the study with the when we're doing the ultra and it's kind of like and it was documenting your screen time prior to bed yeah that it was yeah. like this big spotlight like oh, shit like you know like we we're doing this constantly yeah. you know it becomes a real a real thing and um yeah I, i've been trying to read a lot more and it's kind of funny i, I i'd um reserved a book but it was large print yeah <laughs> No, no, no. i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> read it you know I was, it was literally too hard for me <laughs> no, i was no, no. I've gotta go and get another one but yeah i i found that reading reading's been an easy one for me like just get that book and what literally two pages in and it takes
0: me forever to read a book but yeah, that, but that it, just man that just seems to set me up every time played a bad experience recently with a book a book called red notice get it it's awesome it's so good uh, and the reason I had a bad experience because I couldn't put it down mm-hmm. it was a true story about this guy in Russia but oh my god talk about stimulating before I went to bed mm. and the dreams I had at the end of the day. Mm. oh this is crazy but it's such a good book <laughs> so i got to read that during the day. and I started another one as well by a guy called Rusty Young about, I think it's called Marching Power Powder about um, a drug dealer in a prison in Bolivia i got to read that journal the day now because that's too exciting exactly. as well. yeah. it gets me too G'd up you know um. so, anyway, that's a bit, a bit of a side note <laughs> another, another way we we drift off again. Um, I did have another point that I was going to ask you, but mm. I, I can't remember now seeing if we drifted off there onto that topic about about books. Um, but coming back to that Rotary Club example, is we need to kind of you know have that same approach to our own yeah. state as we do to kids, yeah. and we drill into kids so much. But, um, yeah, it's getting back on that. So, I think
1: my last trip, um up north I'd, I'd changed um i like to when i get back to camp like go for a run or hit or hit the gym sort of straight after work to hope that it kind of sets me up for sleep and what what i did instead was go because it's starting to get warm up there mm-hmm. now right like all right i'll get up at 4 four thirty and run then when it's cooler but and, it's very early yeah, but it's early right yeah. so which means all right if i want to get 7 8 I'm going to need to have to go to bed pretty much at 8 o'clock 7 30 the night before and that, that helped me that's kind of set it up and then um, yeah I'm okay, I, I pretty good man? yeah but I had a good one I had a like kind of it was almost like yeah I was focused on doing it so yeah I did it and it had a good run as
0: well so that was kind of yeah because a lot of people can't kind of depend on the kind of habitual time at sleep onset and then there's this other thing as well which is called the forbidden zone and so um the forbid- forbidden zone for sleep is a period of time where it's very difficult for you to fall asleep. And it's generally, um, you know, in the evening, and it can be somewhere between, you know, five to nine yeah, o'clock in the evening, gone. you know, around that time of period. And, you know, um, you know, there's a number of studies on this here, and we just pull up one in front of us here, you know, it does the forbidden, the forbidden zone for sleep onset influence morning shift sleep duration. And this is exactly the point we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, so if you can't go to sleep early, well, then it can be difficult you know, mm. to, to get up early. And so, particularly if you're younger, you're gonna to go to sleep later and get up later. But if you can do it, and it's generally with older people, we tend to be able to go out to bed a bit earlier. Um, I tend I kind to of find trying to fall asleep before nine o'clock in the evening is very difficult for me to mm. go to bed, on some really jet lag or something to come back yeah. from somewhere. Um, so I, I struggle with that, um, you know. And I don't actually, I don't prefer, I don't like, this is another thing as well, we speak about training, early morning training sessions. Mm and so what's your definition of early morning because some people say 7 o'clock and I'm like well that's not actually that early early morning training sessions for me is 4 o'clock mm. you know um, or extreme early morning sessions probably should be categorised around them um, but I tend to like I like to work out sort of around I've got kind of anywhere between 10 in the morning and 2 in the afternoon yeah. is my, my window that's and that could be as well for what I'm doing I like that break during the day to get up out of the chair mm. move around mm. and that's good in the winter as well it's a bit warmer but come summer then i would be probably getting more background yeah. nine, nine o'clock, maybe so or eight o'clock even or five yeah. thirty kind of yeah. Yeah, i get back a bit earlier, but it can it can obviously influence that as well. So yeah. So Matt, um, we've spoken about <laughs> sleep, military, mining, mobility, kids, bits of everything. Is there anything else we need to speak about?
1: We wanna talk
0: about the sleep lab? Can if you want. Well, there's more. Um, so to to, to set up the story yeah Matt Matt, Matt attended an overnight polysomnography study which is like the gold standard for assessing sleep at the University of Western Australia he shaved my head he he, he didn't tell me he was going to shave my head he shaved my head a little bit I didn't shave I shaved your back (laughs) footnote nobody got shaved yeah and so Matt participated there in in some work around ultra running Um, there's a bit of pilot data and um, so yeah and so Matt all underwent this PSG study mm-hmm. um,
1: and obviously yeah you kind of kind of highlighted from that that I was having pretty broken sleep which I I was aware of um, and we kind of and that would kind of led us in questions like well how how long do you think this has been the case I'm kind of like I, it's kind of like normal or it's mm-hmm. become normalized for me so um, and yeah from that we got we went inside to go Get some second second set of eyes over it, went so sort of professional about it, and and his um, his suggestion was was to try um, medication and, and to see see how that went, and then um, he he explained that that one of the main side effects was going to be just that grogginess in the morning of basically coming out of it, right? Um, and so I, I, the opportunity to, to sleep on that pun intended and, and think hard about it. And I kind of i, I just didn't want to go down that path, yeah. Um, wanted to get better sleep, and then kind of thought, all right, we'd already. And it, but even through through work, I and mean, obviously, these big companies like to already talk about um sleep and, and sleep debt and this sort of thing, so you're kind of already aware of it through your training, yeah, with, with the company anyway, right? Um, so I was already aware of it, but decided to get yeah, a bit a bit more um, religious a bit more um, staunch on what, what my routine was and stick to it yeah. I think I think I've over the last two years I think I've had a better run of that as well and just looking at my diet and that sort of thing as well just like little things and yeah, then yeah. The, the movement and that sort of stuff and sort of to bring that in
0: yeah and it's, I think, in, it's interesting because I think sometimes we, we negate those things that can really kind of help our sleep Is these other peripheral things are you not like diet, time and recovery so exercise all these other things we can do and it would be interesting to see how much that can affect you know, sleep disorders mm. because there's very little research on it. It's being classically the, the clinical medical model of, you know, sort of identify, mm. diagnose, treat. And it's just, well, the know, something I wanted to share with you is that we, we highlighted
1: early on as I was trying to go to sleep how I stopped breathing. Um, and I'm aware of that now as I'm falling asleep. I actually hold my breath. I think my body, I don't know if it's like trying to set it up for something. or sort of try to, yeah, it's something that I do. I hold my breath for quite an extended, like I'm not conscious. It's
0: a subconscious thing that I do. So can we talk about, can I tell people what the issue is? Sure. Because one of the things we identified with Matt was he has what's called central sleep apnea. And so when we talk about obstructive sleep apnea, there's also central sleep apnea. And the easiest way to divide these two things is obstructive sleep apnea is basically a cessation of breathing that's kind of, you know, Driven from a number of different factors, could be the shape of your jawbone. Mm. It could be basically your the sleeping position. Um, it could be you're overweight and there's sort of too much fat around mm. your neck if you want to call it that, and inside your mouth. And then central sleep apnea is basically where the, the brain stops tells people like don't breathe don't brain, do it from the the a very basic kind yeah. of view. know, yeah. like that's what it is. Mm. or explanation. And then people have mixed apneas where they have a bit of both. Mm. And so Matt had a bit of both, mm. so he had central and the other one. So. Sometimes people are like you know, like you say, holding their breath, out of being yeah. conscious of it. Yeah, yeah, because you're by no means. If we had to, a lot of times in the in the sleep disorders type of world, we we would kind of throw people into categories or bins and say, this guy's this age, he drinks, you know, he's overweight, the whole lot. You're none of those things. Mm. Your alcohol consumption is within normal ranges. Mm. You're fit. You're healthy. Mm. You know, your BMI is fine. Mm. You know, like there's no there's no markers there that would influence or yeah. think about that. And it was actually through actigraphy data where wrist risk data we yeah. picked up some issues. And then from there doing the PSG study found found these other ones yeah. as well. So when you talk about safety disorders, it's not this classical you know, middle-aged fat guy yeah. that we tend to think about. Yeah. It can be anybody. It doesn't discriminate. Which I think why, why it
1: led me to talk about the anxiety before is that if I'm aware of it, or, yeah. or even more like in recent times kind of um, the mindfulness and meditation sort of things, like being more aware of what's what's going on, I think I think um, that's been part of the journey to a certain extent, yeah. and just aware of what I'm doing, and what's happening.
0: And I, and I think sometimes when you look at kind of non-traditional medical approaches, I, I don't know maybe there is been other studies on it or people worked on it in terms of addressing sleep disorders but from my research around it there's been very little Mm. and so sometimes kind of you want to call it east versus west medicine or classical versus non-classical can be a little bit of a a divide and so yeah it'd be be interesting to see you know if someone has been diagnosed with a specific disorder what other things can be done Mm. to show improvement uh, you know around anxiety, diet whatever it might be Mm. to show that improvement because we see with people who have obstructive sleep apnea who are overweight when they lose that weight the obstructive sleep apnea disappears you know and sort of a chicken and egg thing, mm. you know, so, so yeah. All right, Matt, we'll wrap up there cause it's getting late in the evening mm-hmm. and you have to go home and go to bed, <laughs> as <I> said. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, Matt, for coming on and sharing some of those experiences. I think people will be really interested in that because, again, lots of the academics on, some of the people who kind of could about the science, but having people on a live and breathe it and, and speaking about their own personal journey is really important as well. Yeah. So really appreciate that, Matt. Thanks. Thanks.
2: One shot of one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment that you capture. His whole back to these ropes, it don't matter He's dope, he knows that, but he's broke He's so stagnant, he knows when he goes Back to this mobile home, that's when it's Back to the lab again, yo This old rap city better go capture this moment And hope it don't do it. better lose it. in the music The moment you own it, you better never let it go You only get one shot, do not Miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime You better lose in the music The moment you own it, you Your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. So soul's escaping through this hole that is gaping. This world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. A normal life is boring. But superstardom's close to post-mortem. It only grows harder. Homie grows hotter. He blows, it's all over. These holes is all on him. Coast to coast shows, he's known as the globe trotter. Lonely roads, God only knows he's grown father. From home, he's no father. He goes to cold water. These hoes don't want him no more. He's cold product. They moved on to the next mo. Who flows? He knows dove and sold notter. So the soul opera is told. It unfolds. I suppose it's so old partner. But the beat goes on. That it, uh, that it, uh. You better lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity goes once in a lifetime. You better lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it. chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. No more games, I'ma change what you call rage. Tear this motherfucking roof off like two dogs' cage. I was playing in the beginning, the mood all changed. I've been chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. But I kept rhyming and stepped right in the next cypher. Best believe somebody's paying the pod piper. All the pain inside amplified by the So hard, and it's getting even harder trying to feed and water my seed. Plus, teeter I caught up between being a father and a prima donna. Baby, mama, drama screaming all too much for me to wanna stand one spot. Another damn monotony's gotten me to the point I'm like a snail. I've got to formulate a plot or end up in jail a shot. Success is my only motherfucking option. Failure's not. Mama, love you, but this trail has got to go. I cannot grow old in Salem's lot. So here I go, it's my shot. Feet fail.